Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Spinner. Welcome to Notebook, a quick guide to art, culture and tourism in Tokyo. My name is Stuart Monroe and every day around this time from Monday to Friday, I'll be bringing news and views from around Japan. And as the prospect of travel draws ever closer, I'll also note changes in travel as and when they happen. As one of the countries that exists along the horseshoe-shaped ring of fire edging the Pacific Ocean, where roughly 90% of all earthquakes and 75% of all active volcanoes exist worldwide, Japan's no stranger to seismic activity. So on Sunday around 10.30am, an earthquake measuring 5.4 in magnitude was felt in Sozo City, at the very northern tip of the Noto Peninsula in Ishikawa Prefecture, running along the country's west coast and out into the Sea of Japan. Professor Takashi Furumura of the University of Tokyo's Earthquake Research Institute said its epicenter is thought to be an aftershock from March 19th, which measured just under 6. He added, this time was class 5, so not that large for an inland quake, but its shallow epicenter is believed to have caused the most damage. Swaying lasted for roughly a second, which is likely to have affected older wooden houses. It's also possible the sudden tremors may have had an accumulated effect on other structures too. 15 years ago in March 2007, a quake measuring 6.9 struck the peninsula southwest of the current site, killing one person and damaging more than 30,000 buildings. And before that in 1993, a quake measuring 6.6 occurred off the peninsula coast in the Sea of Japan itself. According to Japan's meteorological agency, there's been a recent increase in seismic activity, with over 150 quakes in the region since December 2020. After March 19th, there were 10 quakes the next day, as well as the latest in Suzu City, so the agency is urging residents to be vigilant. And while the country's annual fanfare of extreme weather gets underway, some of its older industries have started to address their own stormy imbalances of late. Unveiled during a press conference last week on June 14th, non-profit organisation Action for Cinema aims to aid the future of Japanese films and filmmaking. The seven-strong group of directors, including Hiro Kazuka Koreeda, Atehiko Sua, Takuya Uchiyama, Yukiko Sode, Miwa Nishikawa, Koji Fukada and Atsushi Funahashi, formed the group in response to the state of film diversity in Japan. Independent screens forced to close mid-pandemic, for example, were rescued by crowdfunding initiatives like Mini Theatre Aid, but more dependable initiatives are few and far between. And global uncertainty, while that's highlighted a need for more long-term solution in an industry more exposed than ever to the elements. Long hours, low wages and sporadic tales of harassment are not uncommon for roughly 75% of those working freelance in film. All of this has spurred the group to echo their counterparts overseas like CNC or Centre National du Cinéma, supporting the French film industry. And by drafting their own set of guidelines, Action for Cinema aims to increase diversity in Japan for future films. Having filmed more recently abroad, Koreida reflects on filmmaking back home. In one sense, he says, Japanese films are more diverse. This is partly due to how many we make, of course, but the real problem is that so many low-budget films depend on volunteers. In the eyes of the industry, they fall outside of their care. 
Without organisations like CNC and the Korean Film Council, COFIC, such films, well, they'd just be the first to disappear, along with their diversity. Director Fukado also noted that when speaking to foreign filmmakers expressing envy at their funding situation, he was told in no uncertain terms they'd secured it themselves. Directors are no longer waiting for the government to cough up and are braving the weather, standing up, speaking out against an industry slow to change, desperately in need of alternatives in the face of unexpected weather. That's all for now. I'll be back tomorrow with more news and views. Until then, you've been listening to Notebook.